0: The Manage Smarter Show is brought to you by SalesCred, the app that helps salespeople discover why they miss quota and what to do about it. Find out more at SalesCred.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop and retain talent, improve results and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Well, you know, Lee, I sound a little stuffed up because I, after three years of hiding, I finally got COVID. So, you know, this is a show about wellness, but uh <laughs> everybody perfect. Excuse the voice, and it's a little bit raspy sounding. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the vice president of communications here at Sales Fuel.
0: And I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO of Sales Fuel
1: talk about wellness today. And we have a great guest for it. And uh, uh, we've never in three years of doing the show have touched this topic. Can you believe it?
0: No, it's hard to believe. But you know, it's like, uh, you know, you've heard me say on this, this show a couple times anyway, that a, a dead battery can't jumpstart a dead battery. So as managers as leaders, it is our responsibility then to, you know, to motivate people to keep everybody performing at their best and bringing their best selves to work and and create an environment where they can do that and, and it's hard to do that when you know we're just dragging ourselves through the day because we haven't taken care of ourselves we haven't gotten enough sleep we're not eating right you know we're, we're overly stressed and we're not we're, we're not dealing with you know what is obviously right there in front of us
1: and our fantastic guest today is going to have answers to a lot of that stuff it's maria victoria albina a mastered certified somatic life coach UCSF-trained family nurse practitioner and breathwork meditation guide. She's got a passion for helping humans socialized as women realize that they are their own best healers by reconnecting with their bodies and minds so they can break free from codependency, perfectionism, I've got a problem with that, and Mm. uh, (laughs) people-pleasing and reclaim their joy and your joy, listeners. She is the host of the Feminist Wellness Podcast. She has a master's degree in public health from Boston University School of Public Health. And a BA in Latin American Studies from Oberlin College. And she's been right at up health the road. And for 20, and yes, we were in Columbus and Victoria, uh-huh. right down the road at up Oberlin. The road, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Victoria. So, I, I this is such a huge playing field. I guess one thing you say is being selfless as a leader is detrimental to your health. Should we start with that?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Delighted to dive in there. Yeah. When we think about health, You know,
2: we can throw Descartes right under the bus and start (laughs) with the mind-body duality, right? And this story that we are a mind to attend to in one room and a body to attend to in another. And so people either go to the gym or work on their mental health, but it really is, for me, all about the connection between the the two, right? Mm -hmm. And realizing that we are a mind body. And so as leaders, we really need to, yes, attend to our sleep, drink enough water, take our supplements, do all the physical wellness things. But if we are being codependent with our employees, with our clients, with our families, if we are uh, leading from perfectionism, uh, if we are people pleasing, the people were meant to be leading, then our mental wellness is going to suffer and our bodies, because mind and body are one, are go- going to show the symptoms and signs of not being aligned and not being embodied in a profound way.
0: You know, a lot of managers get tripped up by uh, mm-hmm. having this need to be liked, you know, by, by the yep. direct reports. And yep. where does that come from? I mean, because it's really detrimental to leadership.
2: Yeah. So I talk about emotional outsourcing, which is the way I reframe and think about codependent perfectionist and people pleasing habits, because I think that term codependency, people are like, what is that? I don't I don't know what that is. I'm not married to an alcoholic. That's not me. But emotional outsourcing, I think, really sums it up. It's when we chronically and habitually source our sense of wellness, worth and validation from everyone and everything outside of ourselves instead of from within. And so when we are people pleasing our direct reports, oh, it's okay that it's late. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, I'm the cool boss. Mm -hmm. Then we are doing everyone a disservice because we're putting their story, their emotional relationship to us ahead of the direct values of of our agency, of our uh, the space that we're running. Right. Yeah, you're really uh, giving away it, your
0: power, right? Because it's like you're, you're letting other people dictate you know, your emotional well-being you know, rather than 100%. you being in charge of it yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah. And not only do we give away our power, we make someone else in charge in a way that is unwittingly manipulative and controlling.
1: So how do you right? get yourself so we to say, stop doing that?
2: You get embodied you get present. Mm-hmm. You come home to yourself, right? So I talk a lot about somatic practice and where soma means the body in Greek. And somatics is the modalities that help us to get in touch with our bodies. So many of us, particularly those of us who are go-getters, A-plus, gold mm-hmm. star, the folks who are often in leadership and management because we go, go, go and get that next golden ring, right? Uh, we live in our heads. We live from the neck up and we forget that we are a body. And so it really is the process of coming home to our body where our intuition lives. And if you look at the top CEOs on this planet, they are connected with their intuition. They meditate daily. They listen to that gut feeling and they they lead and drive their companies forward from their intuition. And the intuition lives firmly in the body. It's not it's not the purview of the mind. Uh, And Ah. so we get to return to that mammalian drive within us that says, I know what's best and our brains are where our socialization, our conditioning, our, our reactions to the world live, but our bodies hold our innate wisdom. And so how do we step out of this morass of codependency, come back to presence, come back to the breath, come back to the body?
0: How can you tell that, that you're making decisions, you know, based on your intuition or some people say, I go with my gut yeah. you know, and, you're, and, you're, yep. and your gut basically is learned experience o- over time. But it's like, how, how can you tell that you're listening to your intuition and not listening to fear and past trauma?
2: Tone. So tone is it, right? So the tone of the intuition is prosodic. It has this kind of voice and says, turn left. Don't hire her. He needs right and, and it and it guides us from this gentle, firm, directed, calm, present, energetic. Whereas the mind is anxious. The mind is rushed. The mind says, we have to do the thing. We're not going to meet our quarterlies. We need to go. The KPIs are a mess. We have to go. <laughs> it does do the sound thing. like that, him. Yeah. her You've met me, apparently. Yeah, I've actually been reading your journal, Seely uh, Smith, and it's been an interesting place for me to reside. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. So thanks for sending those over. Uh, got the, your facts. Um, yeah, the brain is hurried and harried, anxious. There's no anxiety and in intuition. No anxiety within the soma. Okay, that's not where that lives.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've not listened to that calm little voice and made the the, went the other direction to disastrous results. How many of us have Mm -hmm. had that happen?
0: Oh yeah, it's like I should. I I knew better. I I should (laughs) have listened to myself. Yeah,
1: Yeah. but that's for compassion. Yeah, Yeah. I'm interested in asking you. um, You know, you've got I for lack of a better term worker bees, line employees, and then you've got, you know, management and then you've got c what What are some yep. of the specific for this audience of listeners, physical, the, the top physical signs that you are overstressed and burned out to, to look for? I know that you have a list of those. And so what's most common yeah. in the higher performance type A's? Yeah. Oh.
2: You're not listening to your body. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that that revved up feeling of what's called sympathetic activation, when there's adrenaline, eventually cortisol, the stress hormones flowing through the body. That's when we, our nervous systems are dysregulated. We are being driven by fight or flight, thinking mm-hmm. that there is mm-hmm. a lion around every corner. And every KPI that's missed, every quarterly, you know, income statement that's missed, every memo that doesn't arrive on time, feels like death and doom, right? Even low-grade death and doom is a sign that we're not leading from what's called ventral vagal, which is the safe and social part of the nervous system, which Mm -hmm. is because science, the only part of us that has full cognitive capacity. So when you are jacked up on adrenaline or collapsed in acetylcholine, which is called the dorsal vagal state, um these are the states of the nervous system where we're trying to escape lions, right? It's evolutionary right on the evolutionary yeah. savanna of life. These are incredibly old parts of our nervous system. They are not the most evolved and they're important right they keep us from dying they keep us right. from walking into traffic they keep us right we we smell <laughs> fire we run there we love them right we don't malign them but we don't lead from there when you're leading from anxious and revved up or i don't know i don't i how can we i uh, what right when that's your energetic of just mm. checked out not present you are not in your full leadership capacity that's right you cannot manage others with the kind of cognitive capacity that I know you have. If you're sitting in that office, furthermore, we are pack animals as humans. We need each other and our Mm -hmm. nervous systems co-regulate each other. So if my nervous system is anxious and jacked up and worked up, I'm going to bring yours with me. So I'm going to walk into that boardroom and attempt to lead a Monday morning meeting from sympathetic. Come on. You just wrecked the whole company for the week. Right. You just took everyone on a wild adrenaline ride that is fully unnecessary and antithetical to your goals and management. Mm -hmm. So it behooves all of us who lead other humans to learn how to map our nervous systems, regulate our nervous systems, meaning know where our nervous what nervous system state we're in, and then lovingly bring ourselves back into ventral vagal, the safe and social part of the nervous system. Where thyroid, digestion, reproductive health, heart and lung function, cardiac function—look, we can talk about CEOs and oh, heart yeah. attacks in the mm-hmm. <laughs> next show—but right, and where our cognitive capacity is optimal. In that state, we are the born leaders. We're born to be. Outside of that state, we are scared animals.
0: You know when and when you are yeah when you're living in when you're overusing that lizard brain. You know, it's like yes. you're you're making decisions based off of uh, fear and the fact that is this person going to hurt me? Is this person going to make me look bad? It's like what's my boss going to think if I do this? You know, yeah. if I make this decision which in my gut is right, but like it, it but it could it, it could come back on me and everything like that. Sure you're making decisions based off, off of that rather than maybe the uh, I I don't know, more holistic uh consideration of, of all the facts involved in using both your logic and your in- intuition. Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's why my work leans, yes, heavily on the somatic, the nervous system, but also on thought work, which is a framework that I teach my clients and teach on my show based on cognitive behavioral theory in which we have to look at our mindset. So if you fear mm-hmm. someone else disliking your choice, More than you fear not listening to you, not being aligned with you, you will make the wrong choice. Because you will make a choice that's externalized. It's about someone yeah. else and their thoughts, their feelings, instead of you trusting you. And so that's what it comes down to. To be powerful leaders, to be managers, to lead the charge, we have to trust and believe in ourselves. And when we grow up in homes with emotional outsourcing, whether it is codependency, mm-hmm. perfectionism, and people-pleasing, that those systems lead us inherently, by definition, to distrust ourselves. Or are trauma. So we need trauma. to come back. Well, a thousand percent. Yeah, mm. I, I think of it as part and parcel. Stress, distress and trauma are part and parcel of those systems. Absolutely. And so we learn to distrust ourselves because, of course, we do. Children cannot think they are wrong, they ha- that that their caregiver is wrong, rather. That's a mm-hmm. dangerous stance. The person who provides food, water, a shelter... Gets me to school or maybe not, but there's a warm bed, maybe. And then you be and then right. you
0: become a teenager.
2: Then <laughs> yes, you right. go into
1: the angst phase. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. Sure.
0: My parents are idiots. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Right,
2: right, right, right. But what got coded in the nervous system, which takes its cues, ages zero to seven, is they cannot be wrong because that is dangerous. I am too small to escape lions alone. Every Mm. child knows that Mm. inherently. A spider can make a web without thinking about it. And a child knows. Do not blame those who keep me from being eaten by lions. I must be wrong. I must. I'm a mess. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that lives subterranean within our nervous system. And someone says, oh, hey, you have a typo in paragraph three of your memo and not worthy of love. That's how you can tell the AI
0: didn't write it. A human being wrote it.
2: (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we take what could be seen as a simple correction and we make it mean something wrong and bad about us. Right. Right. There's something inherently wrong with us, and that's where the work is,
1: right? These are so, very oh, complicated issues, though, that are not going to be solved in a twenty-minute podcast. But is there a simple? <laughs> I mean, it's it's an amazing field that you're in, uh, yeah. Victoria, with so many yeah. facets to this yes. lens that we're holding up and looking at. It's kind of mind-blowing me. Um, is there a a simple um, exercise you could do? At your desk as a leader to try and recenter yourself when you start to feel like, at least you've done an amazing job describing what it feels like when you start to burn out and go to the edges.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the first step is to understand what ventral vagal feels like in your particular body. So what does safe and social feel like? And so we do this for most of us on the weekends or in the evening or on vacation, Take a moment when you're holding your dog's face and she's looking at you with pure love or you're holding your baby or your best friend, right? You Mm -hmm. are in absolute chill, calm, everything's fine. Pause. Mark that in your body. Oh, I feel like this light blue energy in my chest that lets me know I'm safe feel into it. get vivid with the adjectives, really mark it and we get vivid with the adjectives um, because when we are in the felt experience and we name it, right the color, the weight, the texture, the everything about it, the neocortex, the prefrontal cortex of the brain is uh, is what not the focus, the body is. right? So these are those science tricks for this. There's a lot of science behind this that can side, sound a little woo. So we feel into mm-hmm. safe and social. And from there, once we've really bookmarked that, we've really anchored ourselves in that, then we can start to explore the other two nervous system states, sympathetic, jacked up on adrenaline, dorsal shut down, acetylcholine. When you find yourself starting to get revved up, oh, I'm leaving my anchor. I'm not feeling that light blue. I'm feeling kind of a raggedy like, ah, you're going to take your hand and put it out in front of your face and you're going to tap your thumb to each of your fingers. You're gonna go so slowly, you might wanna explode. So you're gonna tap your thumb to your first finger and go one, your second finger, two, your ring finger, three, your pinky, four. You're gonna come back, pinky, four, ring, three, index, two, or whatever, second one, two, index, Mm -hmm. one. And you're gonna keep counting one to four, four to one, and you're going to go super slowly. The slower you go and the more you mark it with your breath, with a breath in, Mm -hmm. long, slow out. One, two, three, four. You will bring your nervous system back down from sympathetic into ventral vagal.
1: We I'm do not make more decisions,
2: Just doing your- right? We don't talk mm-hmm. to anyone. We, we shut the door. We put our phone off okay. and we breathe and we count. So what we're doing is we're giving the limbic system, the reptile brain, a job. It likes jobs. It thinks in yes and no, black and white, all and nothing. Give it a job, right? Without a job, mm-hmm. it will continue to freak you the mm-hmm. F out. Mm-hmm. Give it a job. The neocortex, the uh, executive function part of the brain, likes problem solving. Right. And it will continue to call everything Mm -hmm. in your life a problem and will try to solve it unless you actively give it a puzzle. Yeah. So give it the puzzle of counting while breathing. Can it do and while tapping? Can it do three things at once? It can. You run a company. It's fine. But let it know you trust it to do that if you feel yourself checked out, you're like, oh my, I just, this is overwhelming. I'm looking at all these numbers, all these employees. I got to fire 30% of these people, right? Your brain is like, I cannot. You're in dorsal. You're checked out. You do not make a decision from there. So we do the same thing, but with a quickness to bring a little activation energy into the body without bringing in anxiety. Again, by giving the neocortex and the limbic system a job, Brains without jobs are unhappy brains. Don't do that. So you tap your thumb to your first finger. One, second, two, third, three, four, four, three, two, one, one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one, three, four, four, three, two, one. Match it with your breath and just let dropping into your body while giving your brain a job and start to sort of rev yourself up just a little bit so that you can feel yourself come back into your cognitive capacity.
0: mm mm-hmm. How can we use that when it's, how how can, how can we use that when it's bedtime, you know, because I I have, the mind is racing, you know, I lay down or whatever. It takes me a good 10, 15 minutes to get to sleep because I have to calm my brain and just to, you know, just shut it down and turn it off. It's like, you know, do you have any tricks for that? Good sleep, of course, is critical.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's when you can do the slow one to four. Yeah, that's when you can do something like box breathing, where you breathe in for four, hold for five, out for six, and play with those numbers. The point is, is that a breath in followed by a long, slow exhale. It's the long, slow exhale that relaxes autonomic nervous system. So if you think about a mammal being chased by a lion, you're not going to stop to be like, right? You might take deep breaths in so you can run faster. So deep breaths Mm -hmm. don't calm us. That is a misunderstanding of the science. It's the long, slow exhale. It's really focusing on the exhale. But what I'll say is, issues with sleep are morning issues. So the way you start the day is the way you end it. So if you're starting the day immediately grabbing your phone, right? Immediately putting out fires, immediately giving your body dopamine with the blue light of your phone and getting on Instagram and scrolling and you know, responding to emails with that quickness, instead of letting your body come into the day slowly, that's how you're going to end the day too. Because for so much, so many scientific reasons, um, everything from dopamine to adenosine, and because you've now marked the bed as the place of anxiety.
1: Mm.
2: And that's just simple neuroplasticity. That's Pavlovian. That's not complex science, right? I can get complex with adenosine and how that whole system works, but this is we all know this. We're already impressed, right? But one you, of but things aren't
1: hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, one of the things I'm I'm experimenting with is like I'm trying to turn yeah. off not trying to turn off notifications. Yeah, you know, ding, 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 yep. ding. It, it's not you know, only is it a distraction, but it 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 ramps up my anxiety because I feel oh, like yeah. I need to look at it right away because it's taking yep. my attention away from what I'm what I'm yep. doing. It's like, is that a good plan? And is there is there anything else you could recommend that would use it with, with our technology to get it in the way?
2: Phones go on airplane mode overnight. Airplane mode or completely off, or even better yet, in another room. Get an old school alarm clock. To wake you up in the morning. And I know people want their phone. What if something bad happens? If if your great aunt Sally dies overnight, there's nothing you can do about it. Out at 3 a.m. or 8 a.m., same difference, right? Mm -hmm. Give yourself, release yourself from needing to manage the entire world and everyone's problems and everyone's everything and allow yourself to sleep. Also, in 2006, the World Health Organization told us that the radiation from our phones is is dangerous and potentially carcinogenic, and not to sleep with a phone near your head. Two thousand six.
1: Oh God! And how and I do us that. Many of are sleeping
2: with the phone, right? <laughs> so let's stop it, yeah. right? Let's for health. Let's turn the phone really on airplane mode so it's not transducing. Which does not do not disturb is not the same thing. It's still talking to a satellite all night. Off is even better. Off in the other room is the most best right okay. if someone's like well i have kids i split with my ex i need to know then put your phone on do not disturb so that only you know your your favorited contacts yeah, can yeah. come through and put that in the other room with the ringer all the way up so that sure your aging parents if they call or your kid calls it rings but no one else and put <laughs> it far enough so you can only hear it in case of emergency but everything else goes off sleep is one of the greatest predictors of our health and wellness. We cannot move with ease and grace between these three nervous system states. We cannot pick our mindset with, with equanimity if we are not sleeping. It is one of the most vital parts of our life. And we put work, we put our codependent family obligation stories, we put our mindset of everyone needs me, right? Which just comes from a desire to control the world, right? Which we can't actually do. We put that above one of the most basic tenets of our wellness and it's time for us all to stop. My
0: friend Jeffrey Gittimer likes, likes to say, resign your position as custodian of the world.
2: Woof! So powerful, right? There you go. Yeah, you don't Who's need that you? job. That's a lousy job.
0: <laughs> it sucks.
2: That's <laughs> a lousy job. That sucks. And
0: and, and the pay literally... is awful too. <laughs> you know
2: what? I've been meaning to talk to my union about that. The pay really sucks. <laughs> Benefits garbage. Oh my god. There's literally no vacation days, and your vacation no. days are spent worrying about the world that you cannot control. So Shh. now you know what to do. Yeah. Please. So and tonight, yeah.
1: start. Well, your website is VictoriaAlbina.com and LinkedIn, Victoria Albina and Facebook, Victoria Albina Wellness. Are you taking new clients right now? How do you want people to reach out to you?
2: Yeah, so I run a six month program called Anchored. And then you have something for our
1: listeners with that program, correct? I sure do.
2: Yeah. So I made a special set of meditations and nervous system orienting exercises. And you can grab that at victorialbina.com slash sales fuel. And it's free just for your listeners because they're special and need to be celebrated. So Mm -hmm. those are tools you can use any time of your day to support you. uh, So you can lead that board meeting, sleep, have a gentle morning, wake up or not kill your kids or your in-laws with your hands.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or blunt objects. Or, blunt. <laughs> or yeah, sure, blunt <laughs> objects. Right.
2: I mean, really, who looks good in an orange jumpsuit? Nobody. So, no, nobody. <laughs> meditate instead. Orient your nervous system. It's a great Smile idea. Your and your
1: Yes. No, okay. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Victoria. Cutie. Thanks for
1: being on the show. These are all great tips. Very interesting stuff. We appreciate it.
2: Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.